0: Hello again everybody, I'm Mark Hellauer. Working with us today is our commentator and analyst, John Windsor. Now the, the soul of Detroit are assembled in
1: the tunnel and the crowd is coming to its feet. And when the us come onto the field, you'll hear a roar that'll knock pine cones out of trees 50 miles away.
2: You asked me to ride, it, it's ride, ride my has gone. What are you What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now?
0: Okay. You want to go
2: right now? Hey, kids! It's your old pal ML Eric back in studio after a week in Chicago. You know, it's kind of weird to go to a major city where every building isn't owned by Dan Gilbert. <laughs>
3: but
2: that was a that was a nice change. It actually made me feel. Like Detroit is really small because there are skyscrapers everywhere. There are skyscrapers going up, and they're actually being built by multiple different people. So that was really weird, but I do have to admit that I felt a a small, a very slight longing to be back uh, here in the dungeon with my my friends, Mark Fellhauer.
4: I, for one, am glad you're back here. I'm glad you're back. Where'd you
2: go? Chicago.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Where were you last week? You uh, oh, I thought maybe you went somewhere
2: else. No, no, I'm heading to Costa Rica next week. So we'll be, that's we'll right. talk about yeah, that right. at the end of the show, uh, including my preparation. I just got the booster shot yesterday and uh, not feeling hundred percent, but not feeling bad. And if you've been reading about this Omicron or Omicron, I would urge everybody to get vaccinated and to, uh, if you've been vaccinated, and it's been a while, get the booster shot but uh, but that's not the big news um, here. It is across the world that this pandemic is mutating and spreading and infecting people. The big news here is sadly a story that seems to leap from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. And that is a troubled kid goes to school with a gun. And now there are a lot fewer kids and there are a lot more troubled kids because they've been traumatized for having to go to school. In fact, I got a call from my daughter after this happened, who's doing her student teaching and she was freaking out because she's like, what is going on? You know, I mean, is this, is this the profession I'm getting into where I could go to school and have to fight a kid or save a kid or be killed by a kid? And I didn't know what to say. You think you're sending your kid into the teaching profession. I mean, she, she wanted to go on her own. It's not like we assigned her, but you figure what's a safer place than being in a school. But uh, but not so, and tragically, it's here in Michigan. And and and
4: I, and, and looking how it affects the whole area, it's not just the four dead, the other wounded, or the kids that even go to Oxford. It's you know it's all over the place because everyone's worried about it. And We've seen all the uh, death threats too, which uh, is an interesting topic. I kind of want to ask our guest about today
2: too. Yeah, it, and that that brings us to Mike Ratai, uh defense counselor extraordinaire. Uh charitable dude, non-periel, who joins us on the as yet unsponsored Zoom line. If somebody wants <laughs> to sponsor that, you know, we'll take your money. But Mike, uh, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing good, ML.
2: So we want to talk a little bit about this case and what you think of some of the matters at hand. And one of the things that we may use as a, a, a launching point is a story that my wife, Teresa Baldus, wrote today in the Free Press about how the parents have hired a couple of attorneys who have uh, a pretty decent track record. Um, certainly they're being paid by the parents, but the kid who is facing the even heavier charges pulls a court-appointed attorney that the rest of us are going to pay for. And I was wondering, what did you think when you saw that, that, that the folks are willing to pay for their own lawyer, but juniors, juniors on our dime?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how to really interpret that. Uh, or how to view it um it doesn't make any sense to me though you would think that the parents would be more interested in uh using their funds to make sure that their uh, son has um the best attorney that that they could afford um as opposed to throwing him to the wolves and letting him have a court appointed lawyer um I, i don't really even know who these lawyers are Uh, All I know is that they haven't been uh, lawyers very long. Uh, The word on the street, and of course you can put whatever credence you want into it, is that they solicited these people, which wouldn't be proper. But I don't know that to be a fact. It's been told to me. Um, What do you mean they solicited? They haven't been lawyers very long. And um, there's certainly a lot of uh, more competent attorneys out there. Uh, and I certainly watched the uh, Zoom the other day, and I was not very <laughs> impressed uh, with the way they handled themselves. So, I mean, that's about all I can say about that. I, I don't know who they are. They, I really, I mean, all I know is that they haven't been lawyers very long, and I think they're over their head. Well, well
4: yep. the the two attorneys are Shannon Smith and Mariel Layman, and they um, defended Nasser, um, the doctor, and the female uh, mutilation. Uh, trial well, to... yeah my, I mean, my dear friend
0: Mary chartier did all the heavy lifting in that case okay she she she's her and I actually were admitted uh to as fellows to the American board of criminal lawyers together um I know mary very well i mean she's an um, i mean you know she's top notch i mean there's no other way to put it um and she did all the heavy lifting in that case in the uh, mutilation case not the other two so, and of course, um, the other, the Larry Nasser case was nothing but a slow plea. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: Well, Mike, we've seen attorneys make their name with a high profile client. And I'm thinking specifically of Jeff Figer and, uh, and Dr. Death. That was a case where I don't think anybody knew who Jeff Figer was before he took that case. And afterwards, you know, now he owns his friggin' Island. So uh, I'm wondering is, is do lawyers, and I don't know whether they solicited this or not, but do do lawyers look for a defendant and say, this is a case that's going to have me out there all the time. This is the kind of case where I will offer my services because in the long run, this is going to put me on the map.
0: Well, I can only speak for myself and I never viewed any of my clients that way or any of the cases that I've had that way. So, um, if that was their motivation, then I think that, um, uh, Uh, that speaks volumes about the attorneys.
2: Sure. And I Um, I don't want to suggest that that's their motivation, but I I know you've taken on some, some tough cases and maybe, maybe a motivation could be, Hey, this is going to be a real test of my legal acumen. I'm taking on somebody that everybody thinks is a bad dude. And if I can do a good job for them, people will, you know, I'll, I'll improve as an attorney. People will come to view me as someone who, takes a tough cases and gets a good result or best result possible for my client. I mean, do, do lawyers, are they ever motivated by that? You know, boy, oh boy, this is the case of a lifetime. And I want to be right in the middle of it.
0: Well, I, you know, again, I'm only going to speak for myself. I've never looked at it that way. I've been fortunate. Okay. Where cases have landed in my lap. I didn't seek them out. And, um, and, and so, I mean, but you know, I'll, I mean, our job is to represent the accused. Okay and um i've never solicited a client i never um went out and said oh this is the case that's going to put me on the map i just the cases have fallen in my lap i've been fortunate uh, to have uh, a number of high profile cases in my career and um and work with other phenomenal lawyers and um and it, it just uh, i guess it's just the cards that have been dealt to me But I certainly don't – I've never looked at a case and said, well, this is going to make my career. Because you're only as good as your last case. And just like in hockey, ML, you're only as good as your last (laughs) shift. So, um,
2: My my last shift is never very good, so I'm sorry to hear (laughs) that.
0: (laughs) So what can I tell you, bro? I was hoping there's a magic
2: bullet out there, some cream or something.
0: Right on. But no, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean – what can I tell you? I mean, I I can only speak for myself. I've never looked at it that way.
4: Well, let's assume that these two lawyers, you know, they're high profile. Let's assume they're good. Um, it it,
0: could be, you can be good when you've been out for five or six years. I mean, how many (laughs) trials do they actually have under their belt? Sure. You know, um, you know, I mean, you, you know, but what I want, I don't know them. Yeah. Um, And so it'd be unfair for me to comment, other than the fact that they're awfully young to be handling a case like this. And um, I personally think they're they're over their head. And um, there's certainly a lot of more accomplished lawyers out there that could be handling this case. But to the original point, uh, why are they spending money on themselves and not using those funds for their boy?
4: Could it be because their charges might be uh,
0: easier to beat? So, well, I mean, it could be a lot of reasons. I I you know that's a really good question, but I I, I have no idea how to answer that because you're asking me to get into somebody's head.
2: So Mike, can you explain to us how the court appointed attorney system works? I know at the federal level, you can make yourself available uh, and at a at a, a reduced rate and, and you look at some of the folks who are available for court appointment, folks like, uh, I believe yourself, right? And Jim Thomas and some other top yeah, I mean, notch attorneys. All,
0: we're, we're, the federal panel is a different ball game than in the state court system and in, in the federal system to be on the federal panel, you have to have, have had so many federal trials. You have to have uh, people on the panel vouch for you. Uh, there's a vetting process, I guess, um, in state court, there's no vetting process, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to, to handle um, capital cases, I guess. I've never taken state court appointments, just for the record, um, not even in Wayne County. So, uh, but I do know lawyers that do. And in order to, um, to handle capital cases, you have had to have been on taking court appointed cases for a long time. And, um, you know, like there's great lawyers like Gabby Silver and David Cripps and Ben Gonick and Maria Manorino in Wayne County that take court, uh, 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 trying to think out in Oakland County. I think that my friends, uh, Jerry uh, Sabota and Mitch were take appointments out there. They're phenomenal lawyers.
2: Okay. So you can um, still get a very high quality attorney who's court appointed at the state level. It's not just uh, rock stars on the bench in the Fed courts
0: you can it's hit or miss in my opinion um you can get uh, a really um a competent attorney at the state court level but there's not a vetting process per se
1: what would uh mike what would be the goal with the kid if you're uh if you're the lawyer i mean when you have incontrovertible evidence that that party's guilty
0: yeah i mean uh i we call it damage control
4: yeah yeah
0: you know that's all it is now is the kid confident uh i'm sure there's going to be uh some kind of forensic evaluation done i would imagine um you know is he gonna i mean who knows i mean uh is he gonna point the finger at his parents and say that they put all this craziness in my head i guess they're trumpers uh, that's what i've read um who the hell knows but um you know, you have to be involved in the case to really figure out which way, what moves you're going to make. And I'm certainly, you know, I'm up in the bleachers up in uh, right field. It's hard for me to uh, make, uh, you know, render an opinion about how you're going to defend this kid. But um, certainly there's moves that you can make. And, um, and I'm sure that uh, the lawyer is going to, you know, yeah, look, you know, our job is to make sure that, that person's constitutional rights are protected. At the end of the day, that's what our job is, and and so I'm sure whoever's going to be representing this boy is going to do everything that they can to make sure that his all of his constitutional rights are protected. And um, at the end of the day, uh, it, you may still be in the same spot that we are today. He's guilty, and 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 it's unfortunate that the kid's life is over before it even got started and of course the same could go for uh can be said for the the victims Mm -hmm. so it it it, you know it's unfortunate all the way around it's a sad story but you know this is not anything new okay we've been seeing this since columbine okay Mm -hmm. and there's been nothing done okay i mean if we want to get political for a minute what i mean you know the, the democrats have tried to introduce sensible gun control in this country. The Republicans have blocked it at every turn. And so here we are still asking the questions after another shooting, school shooting, you know, how do we prevent this? Well, sensible gun control would be the place to start start. And of course, it starts in the House as well, right? So, um, you know, we need to stop putting guns. We got so many guns on the streets. We got so many guns in our homes. And um, I mean, I, I don't see any Republican come out um, at the federal level or even at the state level and saying we need to do something about this.
1: No, in fact, I've seen s-
0: anybody say anything.
1: No, in fact, I, I saw have- the opposite. A couple of local politicians saying we need to put more guns in schools. But Mike, just think back to. Uh, yeah, think about that. No, no, but, but okay. think, yeah, but think back to you mentioned Columbine. Think back yeah. to the shock that we felt with that. Do you do you, you obviously remember what that was like? M- Mike of and course. Mark remember what that was like. When was the last time we felt shock when one of these things happened like that? It's been a long time. Yeah.
2: Uh, Sa- Sandy Hook was pretty shocking. But,
0: Sandy uh, Hook. I mean, can you imagine the kids were walking a into a classroom kids. full of five and six-year-olds just slaughtered with a uh, military assault weapon?
1: It would be Sandy Hook. And even that was how many years ago? It's yeah. been,
0: Obama was president. Yeah, right. But this has been going on. So why So why are we shocked?
4: We're yeah. not anymore, unfortunately. We're resigned. Well, there's a lot of shocking things in this story, namely with, you know, some of the parental choices that James and Jennifer Crumbly made, which, you know, they're they're guilty in the court of public opinion for being terrible, terrible parents. I mean, right. there, there's no if, ands or buts about that, but I, I'm still a little bit shocked they were charged with involuntary manslaughter. And in general, Mike, how hard is that for a, a prosecutor to convict involuntary manslaughter when they weren't even at the scene?
0: well it's a it's a gross negligence standard okay and um it's an unintentional killing um and the standard is one of gross negligence so did they did they uh did were they grossly negligent did their gross negligence cause you know um these killings yeah four deaths mm-hmm.
2: so right. is is that something like uh the kid says, "Hey, mom and dad, I think I want to shoot up a bunch of kids." And you just go like, "Junior, you're you're a knucklehead." By the way, Merry Christmas. Here's your gun. And 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 whatever happened to giving people Christmas presents on Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right on. Not, not that that's a crime, but I mean, it, I, he got this gun in November. It's like, dude,
0: we well, got it for the. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 insanity. Okay, absolute insanity. But it seems to me that the the parents uh, are in that, uh, camp where, you know, um, you know, don't take away our guns and the government's coming to take away our guns. And we're, you know, I mean, just, just stupid, just absolutely stupid. Now, can, uh, can some
4: of their other parenting decisions, namely with, um, I know, uh, James had another kid down in Florida and didn't seem to really do much with that kid. Does that play into like this involuntary manslaughter, just being a bad parent?
0: Well, no. I mean, that, that would be completely irrelevant, yeah. uh, in my opinion, as to this situation, this case. Uh, so, what he was a bad parent to his other child. I mean, to me, it has no relevance whatsoever.
2: So, Mike, if you were
0: defending
2: uh, the the parents or the kid, yeah. where where do, where do you start?
0: Well, <laughs> you need more. I mean, it, it, look, you. you you have to wrap your rounds around, around the facts. Okay. And I don't have all the facts. So obviously it's hard for me to sit here in Monday morning quarterback. What's going on? Because I don't have all the facts. Okay. Um, you know, you read in the paper that they were running and then you read and then, then they weren't running and then they were running and then they weren't running. You know, I mean, you, you got to be involved in these cases, um, uh, to be able to say, well, this is how I'm going to handle this particular case. Um, it's hard for someone, uh, like myself, who's just getting his information from the news on TV and in the papers, uh, to say, well, this is what they should or shouldn't do. So that's a good question, but it's an impossible question for me to answer being up in the bleachers.
2: Well, I know you've got some other clients who you have to get to this afternoon. I I just had one thing I want to ask you before you go about if you were this uh, this kid's attorney, and and I think back to I know you've had some some clients who were gang members, were pretty tough customers, and I, I remember a right. case that Jim Thomas had just as the Kilpatrick case was heating up, where he had a, I think the kid was from Livonia or Plymouth who had actually sawed a guy's head off in his garage, and that kid was right. also a teenager. What's it like as you start to learn these facts and, and see these reports and these allegations and this evidence? To sit next to somebody who may really be a dark and, and scary person. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? Do you ever just say like, "Oh my God," I, I, you know, or, or do these people do they, they, they seem perfectly normal when you're sitting down having a coffee with them and saying, "Okay, let's let's go over your case."
0: Well, look, we're criminal defense lawyers. We took an oath, right? We took an, up, uh, an oath to uphold the Constitution, and uh, and so you don't make moral judgments about the people that you're sitting next to. Now, I can tell you, probably the worst human being, and he's dead now, so I can talk about it, was when I represented uh, Joe Marasco, the Grosse Point murder case back in the, the mid-2000s. He was probably one of the most vile human beings that I've ever sat next to and um and but you don't look at it that way i mean at least i don't um you know i have a client i have a job to do and i'm going to do it um i don't make i I don't have people sit down and fill out a questionnaire and uh you know some kind of a moral test And have them check off the boxes and then make a decision whether or not I'm going to represent them, whether they passed my moral test or not. That's not, I mean, you know, we're we're the attorneys for the damned, you know, just like Clarence Darrow said. And that's our job. And yeah, you know, we have our personal feelings and our personal thoughts, but those all have to be put to the side. What's Um, what's their job to do? And it doesn't matter whether your client is the most evil person in in the, uh, you know on earth you still have to approach it um, the same way every time Sure. So well that's it,
2: that's what professionalism is but i i just wonder right. when you encounter these folks are there are there some people where you're like do they just come and say hey, Mike, how's it going? How's the case going? Are they coming in and saying, okay, Mike, I'm, uh, I got, I, when we're done with this, I got a couple of cheerleaders under the porch we got to take care of because, uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of weird I, well, like unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, I've never had anybody okay.
0: say that to me. But um, <laughs> yeah, certainly people, there have been, I mean. I don't have a okay, back porch. We, yeah, right. Um, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, uh, these are all great questions, uh, but, you know, um, I just don't, You know, I guess, you know, in some ways, we always try to find some reason to like our client, you know, and they may come in and say, you know, they may appear perfectly normal, uh, you know, during your first encounter with them. And um, you know that they've been accused of doing something heinous, Uh, but I think that Most good lawyers will try to find some reason to like their client um, where everybody else just doesn't see that. And you get to know these people, you know, and sometimes you have empathy for them. Maybe they grew up um, and they had a bad hand dealt to them when they were young. Uh, Who knows? I mean, it just runs the gamut. There's no way to, you know, paint the entire um, practice of law, criminal law with a broad brush. But. I guess the bottom line is I just don't make moral judgments against, about my clients. I I have a job to do and I just, and I do it. And, um, and by protecting the worst of the worst, you're really protecting everybody else from governmental tyranny, um, from kangaroo courts. Uh, when we, when we represent the worst of the worst, we're actually protecting everybody to make sure that everybody gets due process, to make sure everybody's constitutional rights are protected. And that's one of the reasons we don't convict people in the press. Uh, we we convict them in the courtroom. And um, And so I don't know if that answers your question or not, uh, but it's not an easy question to answer. But all I can tell you is that I don't make moral judgments about my clients, you know? And I've represented plenty of bad people in my day, and, um, I always try to find a reason to humanize them. And, uh, to, I mean, they are human beings, uh, no matter what they've done. And they are in, live in the United States and they are entitled to a presumption of innocence. And they are entitled to all the constitutional rights that are set forth in the Bill of Rights and in the Constitution. And, um, it's our job to make sure that there are, uh, that they're, they're afforded their rights. And uh, a lot of times you may not have any moves to make. And so, like I said, there's some cases are damage control cases, you know, there's no moves and you're just, you know, you're trying to figure out a way to minimize your damages uh, or their exposure. But um, it's, it's certainly not a business for the faint of heart. That's sure. for sure. Yeah.
2: No. Well, well, we appreciate the fact that everybody gets a good defense. And I'll tell you when the Kilpatrick trial was going on Ferguson and, and Victor Mercado and, couple other folks i was glad that folks that the folks uh facing those charges had some of the best attorneys in the city first of all because everybody's entitled to defense and it was a tough case but second of all because if you have the best defense that money can buy or that you can find and you're still convicted it gives people a sense that you know what then this was a fair outcome that these guys didn't get some schlock who went in there didn't get uh with slam a car or one of these other nitwits who lose their bar card because they basically go in there and say, pay me my retainer and then, uh, then go to sleep. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, and not to cut you off ML, but I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, all you have to do is go on death row in this country. Right. Okay, And you'll see so many guys that are sitting on death row that had lawyers that basically fell asleep during the trial. And now they end up on death row, right? So it is important to have a lawyer that's going to, um, you know, give a hundred percent and and do everything they can to uh, represent their client and make sure that their constitutional rights are being protected. And um, and unfortunately, in this country, um, that doesn't happen all the time,
2: right? And that's that's a that's a whole another problem. But a, a good defense, a vigorous defense, can can be the best defense against having innocent people. But uh, to your point, up. yes. So,
0: I mean, right. on the patrick case and some of the other cases that I've been involved in, some of the gang cases, I mean, you know, everybody had good lawyers and if they were found guilty, um, you know, it wasn't for lack of effort on the defense lawyers part. That's and right. that's, and that is the, uh, uh, the beauty of our system. So um, it's not perfect, uh, but it certainly is uh, probably the best Criminal justice system in in the in the world.
2: It sure as hell uh, better than the one Vladimir Putin's offering, folks. So
0: uh, so, yeah, exactly. So Mike, yeah, exactly. We, we know
2: you got some other clients to take care of. We appreciate you making the time, and we'll try and get you back on here. Maybe we'll get you back on talking about our charity hockey game, which is coming up early in twenty twenty two. So uh, Do another good day fight call, for a good cause. You know how to get a hold of me. Okay, thanks, Mike. Have thanks, a great Mike. holiday, okay, guys. Thanks, Mike.
4: Everybody have Mike. a great day. Thank thanks you. a lot. Do you have a date for that uh, hockey game, Mike?
2: Uh, yes, January 22nd. And I was surprised, you know, I was kind of monitoring things from afar as this was going down, but I was surprised that uh, that the defense attorneys, and Teresa speaks very highly of uh, the two uh, attorneys who are representing the parents, but I was surprised that we didn't see some of these names that we typically see with big cases, a Mike Ratai, a Gerald Evelyn, a Jim Thomas, a Bill Swore. These are the kind of folks I thought we would be hearing from as this case progressed and, uh, and that just didn't happen. So I don't know, maybe, maybe these are some young attorneys who are going to make their bones here and they're going to be the next wave of, of great defenders. But, um, it is, it is weird to see junior kind of hanging out there with whatever he can get and mom and dad saying, Ooh, you know, <laughs> for, for the
4: general public, it is just so frustrating because you want these people punished. I mean, they're, they're bad people. The parents and the kid, I I don't like them. I'll admit it. And it was interesting hearing him say, you know, you got to put the moral stuff aside and find something to like about them because the general public, I don't like them. I want them to be, uh, you know, put away for something. I want them to be punished for something because you have, you know, four great kids dead. You have seven more who were shot. You have a whole area that is just devastated by this. So you want some penalty, but they're allowed due process. And I said it before. I hate these parents. Can't fucking stand them. I don't see these charges sticking. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot more evidence than I know.
2: Well, we're we're gonna see, but but there's something I think we need to we need to think about here. And, and Mike, kind of touched still it. Mike, did you want to yeah, comment? I'm still on it? here. I wanted to hear
0: what you had to say. Let <laughs> it play out, Mark. I mean, you know, um, I mean, you know, that's the bottom line: is that you know we don't convict people in the press. Sure. Um, we we convict people in courtrooms, and um, they're entitled to their day in court. And if you happen to unfortunately be in their shoes, you would be want you you would want to be afforded the same rights that they're going to get, uh, or they're going to be afforded. And um, you would want a lawyer that was going to vigorously defend you, uh, even though everybody in the free world hates your guts. So um, you got to flip it around.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and as a reporter, you have to keep an open mind, even though, and you also have to remember that the cops and the prosecutors are, reduce, are are releasing probably only the evidence that makes their case look the strongest. We don't have the complete text message exchanges. We don't know everything that happened in those meetings. And I think of a story I did uh, just before I left the Free Press the last time about Adam Fox, where I wrote about, I, I had an exclusive interview with his uncle who talked about kind of what Mike was talking about is you have a tough upbringing and, uh, and it affects you and it can put you... In a hole, and um, and I I tried to bring some of that forward. I mean, Adam Fox, for folks who don't remember, is the alleged ringleader of the plot to kidnap and and maybe blow up Governor Whitmer. But I heard a lot of people saying, "You're know, like, oh God, here we are apologizing for another terrorist." I said, "No, no, we're just giving the other side of the story. We're just allowing people to speak for that person." That case still hasn't been resolved, but but it, it you know we 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 do. You know so let's let's assume that everybody in this whole thing is guilty as charged um boy who who do you feel more sorry for the the kid who clearly is messed up or the parents who had a messed up kid and and didn't seem to either realize it or didn't want to do anything about it i mean if if that was my kid and and i've been in situations where you get called to the school and your kid's having a rough day usually we try and say let's get the kid out of here You know, unless uh, unless it's one of these things where they just have to, you know, they're having a rough day and they need to power through it because they they don't want to take a test or something like that. But if somebody says, hey, my kid's drawing pictures of guns and 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 blood and and I mean, I'm thinking, let me get my kid out of here for my kid's protection, let alone for the protection of all the classmates. It it, it, it certainly seems,
0: you know what, though, I'll think about this. Okay, we wouldn't even be having this discussion if somebody would have had the cojones okay, to grab that backpack away from that kid. Now they already had some, they already saw the drawings. They, you know, they had the parents in there. Clearly the kid had some issues. Nobody bothered to pull that backpack off that kid's back and look in that backpack to see whether there was a gun in there.
2: It is weird. Cause they'll toss your locker for weed, but not for a nine millimeter, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, to me, Every time I look at, I mean, you know, yeah, the parents seem to be screw like screwballs. The kid obviously had issues. All of that, okay, but really, where the what the hell were these people at the high school thinking? All you had to do was grab the kid's backpack and look inside and find the nine millimeter, and it's all over, right? Mm-hmm. It's over.
4: Do you think? Uh, do you think they'll be charged? Someone involved with the school? I mean, I know criminally. Who knows? Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, that's going to be up to Karen McDonald, um, you know, and um, uh, that to me, that would be a tougher road to hoe in terms of um, uh, criminal charges. But just, you know, we're just a bunch of people here talking. And it seems to me that I mean, maybe I mean, the most logical thing that could have been done was what do you got in your backpack, kid? Yeah. Yep. Open yeah. it up.
4: Yeah, I guess you just would, uh they would assume that this kid wouldn't have a gun, but the two people that knew that he had access to a gun in some shape or form are the parents who were there.
0: No question about it, but yeah. I mean, look, I mean, if I was a uh, uh, if I was a teacher in that school and I saw these pictures and uh, you know and then uh, didn't they look at his phone? Maybe I'm incorrect. Did some didn't somebody have a chance to look at his phone or something and see his text messages? Maybe not. Yeah, but even so, it's been reported so. that
2: that he was caught looking for ammo online by a teacher who saw. There him, you go. Presumably okay, so, playing. Well, that's why.
0: Ammo.
1: That's why they had so one of the reasons that, they had the meeting.
0: So you yeah. got th- that fact, and then you have a teacher seeing these. Um, you know, these drawings and nobody had the common sense to just peek in the kid's backpack yeah. to see whether he had a gun or his locker or his locker. Well, I remember okay.
2: getting trained in school for disasters and we used to have these, these like really heavy vinyl curtains on the, uh, on the uh, windows. And supposedly they were heavy enough that if there was a nuclear blast, they would keep the shrapnel from coming through the windows <laughs> And that was kind of, back then it was, you know, get under your desk because there might be a hurricane or maybe the Reds are going to bomb us or something like that. Now kids take training about what to do if there's an active shooter in their school. When I was at Fox 2, we had the the Oakland County Sheriff's deputies come and provide that training to our staff because people do get kind of nutty around around media outlets. But when we watched it and they said, this is the same kind of training that we give to kids – I mean, I was I was almost weeping when we got to the end of that because I thought I don't want my kid to have training like this where because I think it I mean, and they need it, but it it makes your kid feel like, hey, wait a minute, could I be killed at school? I'm, I'm, are, are you telling me I'm, I'm, that somebody I'm, I'm, could come to my school and kill me? Because I'm with when you I on went this. to school, I um, thought somebody could come to my school and like bring a goat from the local petting zoo or maybe some cookies. Not that they might come and smoke my ass while I'm sitting there in art class.
4: I always felt it's just, that it's way. Horrible how my, we my daughters in second grade, they do this now, and I'm like, oh boy, does that create a sense of fear? But you know what? They do fire drills. We do fire drills. Fires can be scary too. You know, I'd rather them be prepared.
2: No, if, they, they if, have to have the training. But but I, I, I've, look, I've how had many, fire look how many lives too.
4: look how many lives were saved in Oxford because they had that training because they shut the doors because they locked it down.
2: I'm just saying where we've come as a society, take, I know, it and, and the fire training isn't, hey, by the way, boys and girls, I'm, I'm fireman friendly. Sometimes fire comes into your room and tries to burn no, you. No, I understand And your that, teacher should get in front of that fire, and you should go out of it. <laughs> it's a I'm sad thinking, reality. But we but used I'm, to
1: have I'm, nuclear bomb training Nothing in cover. schools, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, it's, yeah. now, don't worry about the Russians. Worry about that spaz who's been staring at his phone all day in Fifth Hour.
1: I think that word went out in the 90s, but yeah. Spaz? That's why ML uses it.
4: I know. <laughs> it's terrible.
1: Because that's when he stopped paying attention to <laughs>
4: exactly. the pop culture. Yeah, about
2: 85, 86. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> All right, boys, I got to run. <laughs> Thank okay, you, Mike. Everybody have a great day. Thanks,
2: Thank Mike. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, guys. Who,
1: which one of you asked the question about uh, the, the, the empathy for the parents? Was it you, Mike, the empathy for the parents or the kid?
2: I was channeling Sean, who always finds a reason to like people. I mean, I think that's a very defense attorney approach it, where you have got to find the humanity of your client because you're going to be stuck
0: that's in why I keep very tight do it. quarters
2: with them for a year or more sometimes and realize this. I'm sitting next to an evil, horrible person, and I just need to make sure that they don't get any more punishment than they deserve.
1: It's tough with the 15 year old, though, right? Because of how we think about the line between childhood I, yeah, maybe, and adulthood. Yeah, maybe. But
4: honestly, then, then I just think of Tate, Tate Mirror and medicine. And, uh, and I do too, but then, honestly, I, but then I listen, a, I listen to the video
1: he like, made, right? He made a yeah. little video, what, two, three years ago? <laughs> And you're seeing this lonely kid who's kind of reaching out and and maybe the school well, the system parents- tried maybe the school system tried to help it, but I don't know about you, you both you guys have kids when my boys were when my kids were little, my worst fear was when they grew up or got older that I was not going to understand them hmm. or be able to relate to them because sometimes you you know that happens. You have a parent or parents that do not understand their children, and I would bet
4: you anything, these guys did not understand him. Maybe, but they didn't, I don't think they really tried. I don't think they really wanted to. There was a story over the week, and the Free Press did a big story about um, when the parents were in custody. One of the things that was kind of buried deep in the story was the neighbors telling the old, they used to live in Lake Orion, and the neighbors said, hey, we, you know, this. he was nine. Ethan Crumbly was nine, and he would come over because the parents were out and left him home alone, no phone, no nothing. They just went out to the bar. I mean, I I don't think they wanted another kid. I don't think, no, they, no, I, I don't no. think they cared about him. That's probably all. true. I'm not saying you know they, legally, they didn't. Legally, you don't have to care about your kids. I'm right? not saying that. But it's wrong.
1: But then in some of the other school shootings where you we don't talk about the parents like we did this one, right? Because there hadn't been the, 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 the meeting and then the shooting, what, an hour and a half later, or two hours later, sure. whatever it was. We've never had that juxtaposition before. And that's really brought the parents in, into the forefront
4: in a way that I don't recall well i gotta tell you though uh parkland and uh, nicholas cruz i mean there were plenty of warnings too there where the adoptive parents there were and know, then the heat Sandi- of the gun and, and there was it. a it was relative involved the mom with the, with the mom the, and sandy Hook, sandy Hook. should have been charged if these parents are going to be charged
1: and there was a movie uh, was it made with tilda swinton i'm not remember who the dad was about and they had a kid who did this and it was sort of from their perspective it was a Really brutal movie, yeah. But, I, and I don't remember the name. It's been the last six, seven years. But just kind of looking at that and what that what that might be
4: like, if you don't see that I, coming, you know, it's funny. I maybe I'm just not there yet because I just think of the parents of the victims, and it's you know that's far worse. I'm not talking about. For I know I'm not comparing in particular them. I understand but that. Just, but yeah. I I don't know. Very little sympathy.
1: To, uh, to me, I liken it to a little bit to suicide. You know you. You can be right there with your child. And not know. Well, that's, yeah. And, or not be able to, or know and try to get them help and get them help and then still not be able to stop it.
2: Well, there's, and, and we have far, way far to go to figure out what happened here. But the difference between a kid who's contemplating hurting themselves and you not knowing it because maybe the kid's are not communicative or you're caught up in your your career and trying to pay the bills and all that other stuff. You have multiple kids and it's tough to keep track of all of them. You know, there's all kinds of ways that happens, but, uh, or sometimes there's medication changes and then that can have a, yeah. an unexpected uh, personality swing on a kid that, that no one expects, not even the doctors. That's different from having a kid who says, I have these feelings and your response is Merry Christmas, junior. Here's a Sig sour. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened here. That's kind of what different: That's reported. We need to different. find that out. But if your kid says, boy, you know, mom and dad, I've really been thinking I'm unhappy and I would like to drive through the homecoming parade at top speed in our pickup truck. And you say, junior, here's the keys to the truck. If that's what happened here, let the rhythm hit him. Let him take sure. the full weight of this because
4: really. Well, then it's case closed if, there was, if he was ever thinking about that.
2: But, I mean, they, and the parents
4: were told that he needs counseling. And the mom said, don't get caught, right? Wasn't that yeah, tough? LOL, next time don't get caught. Which I had to say, if I had a kid who was searching for something during school and they weren't supposed to be, regardless of what they were searching for, I'd be livid.
2: Well, this, this is said, all part.
1: There's an, anti-author- there an anti-authoritarianism with these parents, right? And, and they were it trying to, to be, teach yeah. their kids, their son, that.
2: Yeah, screw the man. Hey, believe me, nobody believes in screwing the man more than I do. But uh, but smoking everybody in your homeroom is different from challenging authority. And I, I think at some point, I mean, I don't know, kids I, I are such a mess these days. But uh, But if you know your kid is a danger, you know, let's just look at it this way. Your kid's a danger to himself. Yeah. Do you want to have that gun in the house? And kids? I'm not saying that we shouldn't have guns in our home. I don't have one in my home. Uh, you come in my house, I'll kick your ass. I don't need anything. But if you're going to have that gun, can you have it locked? Can you have it in a safe? I mean, there's thumbprint safes you can put right next to your bed. So if reasonable, you're worried about being That's
1: what reasonable people get. do. Some kids have had, I mean, on some level, kids have always been a mess, right? It's, it's part of it. It's like saying that we're the only one, uh, the, the Americans are the only one to struggle with mental illness. Because that's one of the arguments you hear so often. Well, we need, to, we need to have better treatment. We need to have more facilities. We need to, we need to spot the, the signs earlier. Well, every country on the planet has citizens who suffer from mental illness, sure. but they don't have these issues.
4: So what's the difference? Before um, we move on to something fun, I do want to point out regarding Oxford High in the school, because there's a lot of anger towards them. I, I think the two teachers that made it aware you know, that he's searching for ammo or the one teacher that took a picture of the drawing that ethan made before he you know crossed everything out so he couldn't be caught which shows a little intent there i like think he's smart enough to do that i i just I, I think that's very heads up and i don't know what kind of training a teacher gets but you know some teachers could have gone oh what a stupid drawing you know, i'm sure they get training but but good good for those two teachers to to you know right. move it up the system to elevate it up sure. the system i just wish you know and obviously with hindsight it's a lot easier that the counselor or I don't, I don't know what kind of counselor they were, that they didn't elevate it another level when the parents wouldn't take them home. I and, think, now, and now we have four dead and, and, what, seven others shot. And it's just awful.
2: On the bright side. Yeah.
4: Segway out of that.
2: Yeah. They inspired the Lions to win. I mean, uh, that was a little, I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm the Lions the are Lions winning win. for the kids in Oxford. I'm like, what? Just keep just, I know. Keep this it's, crap. Same yeah. thing happened in Michigan. Yeah. yeah I, and I didn't like it there either. The 42. Really, yeah. I, I mean, it's... Yeah. I like I like the patch and honoring them. I Th- that I'm fine with. Yeah, that I'm fine. Now, it, you know, I, I just. <sighs> I mean, the parents
1: were at that game, by the way, and they went out for I, the the toss. Yeah. You know, it
2: huh. seemed a little weird to me too. I yeah, I I would have been at I, home, you know. but, but I'm not I'm not listen, a, I'm a, not here to judge somebody who's, who's sure. dealing. It's with a grief welcome in, distraction. In I would think. I
4: would. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. But I don't know if I'd yeah. want to be on national TV. I mean, I, I wouldn't have. To I wouldn't speak. want to be on
1: national TV now. Well, to them, they're going out and they're honoring their son in a way they never. Yeah. would otherwise well, right I got, so yeah
2: i got no problem with that i just i just think i think some of these sports teams i don't know i think i think i think they're trying to deal themselves in on a big story and I, that i have a little bit of a problem
4: Oh, well, maybe that. they care i mean you, know, you I, saw I, dan campbell's press conference right i did not oh you did you saw it right I, did, yeah. I mean that that was i felt that was incredibly genuine and i think the players
1: feel that too yeah. because i think they feel on some level a lot of professional athletes feel them feel they are stewards sure of their community in a way, right? And that they have a voice and they want to they want
2: to well, when it suits them they are. when they act like assholes, then they're not. Well, I don't raise your kids.
1: But that's not true for everybody, right? I mean, there's some that that are genuine. Yeah. And maybe there's some that aren't. And I think I mean, you know, like everything else. But that doesn't mean the ones that are genuine we should just out of hand dismiss because they were trying to to raise uh, to honor this this boy, this young man, this young football player in Oxford. Yeah. tate
4: meyer right
2: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure the lions would have tried to win no matter what but, uh, sure. but that's fine yeah. i just
4: no I, under, I i understand what you're saying i just think i don't know it's, it's it's tough
2: there's all kinds of people who who try and uh get a toehold on these on these big stories and these big situations and to me i'm
4: uh, there are some
1: people that capitalize yeah, on like we're doing on the podcast huh well, we're Actually, trying to talk about out. the... We're no, about but that's that my problem. point. We're, we're all we're all talking about it. We're all, you know, it doesn't mean we all have bad motives. I don't we're think we're not any doing of us this did.
2: podcast to try and heal people. We're, we're trying to discuss this topic that's in the news. This is not... We're not... Uh, and we're not dedicating this podcast to anybody but our listeners. Well,
1: I don't think the Lions are trying to heal anybody as much as trying to honor somebody. And I think there's a difference.
2: Well... Uh,
4: are you guys gonna start fighting again? No, no,
2: no, no. no. I, I guess I, so. I guess the other difference is the Lions are a bunch of big losers. You just not? don't like the. Okay, Lions. that's now that's different. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and on that point, can you tell us about a sponsor? Yeah, that's the only way I notice. So
2: here's who's not a big loser. Oh, by the way, you were just oh, angry never mind. they won. Sorry, what?
1: <laughs> you were angry they won. Is that what's really going on?
2: No, no, no. I just to me to me I. And I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but to me, if if I, was, if I was grieving and the Lions came to me, I'd say, you know what? You've caused enough suffering in my life. Just oh, move on. Just stay away from me. <sighs> but, um, Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know no, who the big losers are? Who? The people who tried to get their feather bowling holiday party at the Kadju on Fridays and oh. Saturdays because they are completely booked. They Good. are- Fully booked for the weekends through the end of the year, but the Cadre Cafe on the east side still offers great food, great fun. Feather bowling other nights of the week. Yes, those lanes are booked Fridays and Saturdays to the end of the year, but you can call now and still get a holiday party scheduled before 2022. Do not wait around. Give them a call. And of course, you know, whether the feather bowling lanes are full or not, they still have live music. They still have great eats. They have a fantastic tap and a great staff. So if you want to find out what's going on at the Cadu Cafe or you want to contact them to try and book your holiday party before it's too late. It's getting pretty close to being too late. So do not tarry. Sean, let me say tarry and didn't say anything. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you can go to com. That's KajuCafe.com. Can you spell that for, C-A-D-I-E-U-X. for me? Yeah. C-A-D-I-E-U-X.
4: C-A-D-I-E-U-X,
2: cafe. C-A-F, no accent.
4: Now, let's assume um, everything is booked up and I have to have a party at home. Is there a place I should uh, maybe get some food to cater from?
2: Well, you know, they'll either make the food for you or they'll supply you, su- supply you with some Let's say I'm up vittles.
4: in Sylvan Lake. Let's say oh. I'm up that way and uh, I can't make it... <laughs>
2: I stop, wouldn't limit to myself you up. To, the, to the neighborhood. I mean, I, I drove out to Sylvan Lake <laughs> from the east side to get my turkey from the butchery where Dave Hubbard and Chef Julie are always there providing great eats, meats, and treats. ThebutcherySL.com, 248-682-COWS. That's two four eight six eight cows When you go to the butchery, you'll find out why Chef Dave and Chef Daly, uh, D- uh, Julie say, don't just eat meat, experiencing it. Boy, I'm sorry. I've been a little rusty here. Don't just eat meat. <laughs> take one week off and experience it. Actually, I didn't take a week off. I just well, dialed in remotely. Um, the butchery thing. is on Sylvan Lake Road in Orchard Lake. They are closed Mondays and Tuesdays, but every other day of the week, get in there, get some great grub. That's the butchery.
0: S L. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. I do
2: that? What
0: a dork! Is
3: him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? We're in a cool game.
2: So this is just what I was afraid of. What? Your, not my, Michigan Wolverines actually put together a decent season. And all of a sudden. Decent big blue. A playoff season. I oh, they got beat by the Spartans. Big Blue still in the playoffs. Is the best team ever. And every player is the best player ever. And so my geek of the week. Are the Heisman voters? Listen to this. I want, I, want to, I want to read you this stat line 31 solo tackles, 47 assists, 78 total tackles, 15 and a half tackles for a loss, 10 sacks, two fumble recoveries, one touchdown, and one forced fumble. You know who did that?
1: Will Johnson. No.
2: Anybody? Who? Kenny Willikis, who okay. was not even mentioned in the Heisman, who played for a far inferior team well, than Hutchinson, who had 20 fewer tackles, had the same number of tackles for loss, had three more sacks, had one fewer fumble recovery, had one less touchdown, and did force one additional fumble. And all of a sudden, he's one of the top four players. In the, he wasn't even one of the top defensive players in the country. You're this insane. is ridiculous. You're insane. No, no, don't take my word for
4: top. No, take NFL
1: scouts who are going to H- tell about? their GMs they'll be drafted at or two or, take, or three. take, yeah, so take, I know, take pro I,
4: football focus who grades every single play. I mean, defensive stats, stats in general can be misleading, but defensive stats. And you, what is PFF? You, you run away from uh Tell them what from PFF says. Uh, well, he's the number one player. Yeah, that he's put one of the best yeah. rush
1: performances. I watched.
2: So then why was Will Anderson given the Nagurski Award as the top defender in the country?
4: That's the, yeah, so the Nagurski people. Yeah, I don't That's
2: know. It's the top. De- but he, I your, tell your boy I, Hutchinson I, wasn't even one of the top three.
4: I, I was telling Sean this before uh, the show. There's only three or four guys that I would watch on defense in all the times I've been watching Michigan football where I don't watch the ball. I watch the defense. Aiden's one of them. Woodson's another. Jabril Peppers. And um. oh, yeah, my Peppers God, I'm drawing the Jabo. Ajabo, also Devin, pretty good. Devin Hutchinson Bush. has the help of uh, Ajabo. Woodley. Lamar Woodley. Oh, Woodley but I would just sit and watch that position his arms are bigger than his legs it's it's amazing I you know you can people can complain about him being in the Heisman or not being in the being should a not be fight. a
2: Heisman finalist not not over not over K-9 no
4: way oh that's what this is about no way
2: no way! Oh, so you think absolutely? Ridiculous. You think
4: Kenneth Walker's being blocked out by Aiden Hutchinson? That's what no. it is?
2: No, I'm just saying uh, Aiden Hutchinson does not deserve to be a Heisman finalist, and certainly he doesn't deserve to be a Heisman finalist more than than uh, my man. Why number nine he's not, he's, in the backfield? Information can yeah. say because because sounds a little bitter. No, no, I'm just I mean this is this is something that Spartan fans have been talking for. Willick's numbers are far better than hutchinson's numbers it's not just numbers though you know that
4: though why do it's all about numbers that's what no, analytics are No, it's not that's what it's it all is part now. it's all part of the equation don't no, no, no how no. come how come the winner is typically from a team that is in the national championship game
2: really is is that Tip- who kenny pickett is is that who cj stroud is i mean come on
4: well, Piggy just couldn't deny the stats, but typically the winner comes from a team that is that is in the playoffs now, or at least the national championship, because that's all part of the whole deal. It's not just numbers.
2: No, no, that's
4: John. That's, that's jacked. Up. Yeah, well, people no, are going to say I'm biased, but let's all let you handle it. That's jacked. Well, up. The, the
1: thing about Walker, and I was telling you this off He's the air, phenomenal. off the air, is that uh, I don't know how good Michigan State is without him this year. So he kind of, I would agree, brought some juice and explosiveness. Uh, in a way that was nobody saw coming. I mean Mel Tucker might have and the the coaching staff up there. But yeah, they're not ten, a ten-win team, that's for sure. Without Walker, you,
2: dude, put up five touchdowns against Michigan. Is you, that right? You take against up, Aiden Hutchinson.
1: You take well, and the
2: head-to-head against the greatest player in defensive history. Well, well look, Wait a second. The, the problem is second, the problem
1: point, is Hutchinson. What Hutchinson did against Ohio State versus on the biggest stage versus what Walker did.
4: Well, they, well and that's where a,
1: that's where but, this was won and lost.
2: Hutchinson, no, forget that. That go with the head-to-head. Walker versus Hutchinson. Walker owns. Michigan. Well, sorry,
4: Aiden owned C.J. Stroud, and he's a Heisman finalist. He's sacked him three times. So
2: take Stroud out too. I'm fine with that. So just give it to
4: Walker. Period.
2: No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm saying this Hutchinson thing is he's riding that blue wave because people have been waiting for this team to be more than dog. He's not riding the blue wave. He's
1: riding. Watched him enough. He's He's riding the winning wave of a team. That's what he's riding. It's not a blue wave. It could be anybody. That's
2: oh, so they're not the blue team
1: had this uh you no, know, you you have a, a, a win that's as big as anything you've had in twenty years. It's on a national stage, it's part of the biggest rivalry or one of the biggest rivalries in the national college football scene. You do it there and you come back and win the big ten time You know, that that's what he's riding. It's not the blue wave. It's the winning wave to Mark's point. This is where the Heisman this is how the Heisman works. Because most voters don't get to see every single snap. No,
4: they don't. And, and honestly, I was telling... They don't. I'm a voter. Just,
2: just, Are you really? Yeah. Who'd you well, who'd you vote can for? Can
4: you tell me? Are you allowed to say? Is this like
1: a He can say. Fame?
2: He's just not... He's just uh, no, I,
4: th- I think you can say.
1: I think you can yeah. say. Uh, I had Bryce Young, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kenneth Walker. Yeah. I, I, I think
2: three. you can only vote for three? <laughs> Thoroughly,
4: yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And they it's, come... Is it four finalists?
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
4: And I got to say, regarding defensive players... And I thought about Kenny Pitts, by the way. It was hard. But his team, you know, I mean, ACC champions. Yeah, but no, still no, and football.
1: he's really, really, really good. And we'll
4: see; they get to play the Spartans in the Peach Bowl, but so we'll see. I think uh, defensive players just get a, you know, get a bad rap anyway. I mean, and Thomas should have won the Heisman that year in two thousand and nine, without a doubt. and He finished fourth.
1: But I think Hutchinson's coming back, and his energy and the way he plays. not just what, obviously—he's a—he's a destructive force in the, in the pocket and on the defensive line. But he's a, a central part of this team's renaissance. I mean, there are a lot of things that went into it. And to me, that's worth something. To the same with Kenneth Walker, which is why I put him on there, because I feel like Michigan State might have been a 6-7 win team without him.
2: Without a Hutchinson doubt. has a lot more help than Walker does. That Ajabo is a beast.
4: Oh, so because the rest of the team is not as good? that That's why he's better? No. But their
2: Sean, linebackers Sean are... just said that he thinks Walker is a difference maker on that team. Yes. I'm saying Hutchinson, Hutchinson has other too. difference makers on his side he of does. the ball. Ojabo's
1: one of them, but that defense is not a stellar Michigan. I mean, their linebackers are fine. They've got one solid cover corner, right?
4: Yeah, well, they got Dax, Hill, Yeah, Moss, and he
1: G. He's a pro, and yeah, Ross is a good player, linebacker. For sure, he's got some help, but that's like saying Walker doesn't have any help with before Naylor got hurt with two really, really good receivers. And a, a good quarterback. a good quarterback, yeah, for sure.
2: Head-to-head, Walker five touchdowns, Hutchinson. So...
1: Heisman, oh, so one game, okay.
2: Heisman good. hype, uh, Heisman one hype game. suckers. You are my, geeky my of the God, sore loser. You know who's not a sore Actually, loser? They didn't lose. They beat Michigan, so they're sore about that. No,
4: I'm talking about Kenneth oh, Walker. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you're being a sore loser about that. Who's not a sore loser? Uh, let's. Well, both these guys aren't. Uh, let's start with they're Luke. winners. They yeah, have the big winner, Luke Nowacki, oh. and he wants your money to win for you. He wants you to be a long-term investor, and you need a strategy, so you need to call our buddy Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748, because he provides rational financial advice. That's all I'm asking for,
2: something rational. That's all.
4: Yeah, exactly, just like the voters did.
2: Yeah, irrational um, exuberance. Oh, please. You won't get that with Luke. Luke is steady.
4: <laughs> Twenty, thirty carries in the snow. He has a long view of the market, and he's going to help you make some money. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth,
2: 248-663-4748. Because he'll make it all about the best players who are eligible for the Heisman and you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately
3: owned and other entities and or marketing names, products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc.
4: And the other guy is David Hall. Hey, David Hall. Tell me about David Hall or you want me to tell you about
2: David No, Hall. no. I'll just tell you, if, if you haven't gotten your letter from David Hall offering you a much lower rate, if you refinance, you have not been checking the mail. Maybe... Maybe Santa has intercepted your mail because you've been very bad. But David Hall will get you rates. And, and, you know, they're talking about fiddling with things over at the Fed, which means those rates could go up. I think they're still getting you rates somewhere in the twos. Is that is that right, Mark? Well,
4: the or only way I'll... to find out is by oh. calling 866-CALL-HALL or going on the website. Call Hall first. We have a link on ML Solo Detroit as well where you can check out what Hall Financial can do for you. And they're open uh, pretty much all the time, seven days a week. They're available on the weekends. So if, uh, you know, I know football's over, but maybe you're watching a football game in between, in halftime, you can call Hall and they're going to help you refinance and get some money out of your house. NMLS number 1467435, call com or 866 call hall. <laughs>
2: So if you missed Ashes to Ashes, which is a great English procedural, it's sort of Time-bending, turning the whole uh, cop uh, procedural premise on its head. You are missing some of the greatest new wave music that you will ever hear uh, as a music bed or in the background of any, any TV show ever. And so for December, we are highlighting songs that you may have picked up as you listen to that show. And this week, we bring you Club Country... By the Associates. And even if you guys don't like this, you're going to be surprised to hear who loves the Associates. That's a good tease. Oh, yeah.
3: Talked two words, could they be so bad as one? There lies the perfect pseudonym To think you've learned to know someone and find That you don't know, don't know them at all
2: heard of the associates before
4: no not at all i've never even heard that song it's not that bad are you no but i prefer the association
2: are you looking for more associates after that or yes. have you had plenty no I'll, I'll look at any band okay well they're, they're an interesting group they did not have a lengthy career uh but their career was impactful on people such as bono who considers them a fantastic band and i think he's been quoted saying the associates are better than us Sorry, that's if he was from Liverpool. Sorry. I was gonna
4: say it sounded more like a Beatle. Sorry,
2: yeah, that may be. Bono's bigger than John. That's what I meant to say.
4: But, uh, well, what I mean, what else can you tell us about this band? I've never even heard of them again.
2: Yeah, they just they were just kind of early in the uh in the new wave movement, sort of a post-punk poppy group that um they they, they made they made their splash by covering a David Bowie song right after this David uh. Bowie song went out. And apparently, they were not quite as good as Bowie, and there's a lot of people who fall into that category. But it was sort of a publicity grab, and it got people's attention, and it sort of launched their musical career, which is interesting because Ashes to Ashes is a great David Bowie song. Mm-hmm. And uh, Life on Mars, which was the first uh, series in this um in this, this, uh, this British police procedural, I don't even know what you call it, a series because it's, you know, how the British are different. They'll do like eight episodes one season, then eight episodes the next season. They won't sure. do anything. It's sort of like Larry David. You know, he's stolen the way British people do TV. Larry David does Curb Your Enthusiasm. like, yeah, let's do six episodes. and Then we won't do anything for a couple of years. Um, well, that's the way to do it, man. Well, I guess, you know, it, it's one way, if you're not feeling creative, well, why add I'm stuff? Pump out a you don't season of garbage. It. Yeah, why have Fonzie jump the shark tank? Exactly. Have
4: okay. you watched the new curve? By the way, love it. Yeah, yeah. You? No, no. You haven't watched it, or no, you don't like
1: it. I've only seen the first two. It's flat. What? And I, I didn't enjoy the. Uh,
2: it's the Aiden Hutchinson of comedy.
1: Abortion, kind of the what? The pregnancy and you know, abortion, and is she trying to go, be a gold digger and all that? I don't know.
4: I don't even remember that episode. Well, wait till you get to the watermelon episode. Okay. (laughs) In the Klansman episode, same episode. Okay. Because I think he takes tough topics like that. He does. He does boils it. And and I've always really enjoyed Curve because the genius behind it is Larry David is always the worst person on that show. He is. And of course, he's
2: a big new wave music fan, which is why that that reference was right on. (laughs) By you. No, no, by Sean. You reference. Oh, no. Wait, what, what, do you you say think? Re- what do you think about that show? I haven't really watched You reference. Oh, no, I've seen well, it. No, because he wants to know if he should continue to yeah, watch exactly. it. I think
4: the last two episodes have been fantastic.
1: Did you say reference or relevant?
2: Uh, either one. Oh, okay. The, the, the reference is not. Are you guys going to
4: fight again? So, anyway. No,
1: um, quit trying to start drama. <laughs> I'm not starting it.
2: You're I'm encouraging it. it. Oh, I
4: just got my popcorn.
2: So, anyway, that was. That was uh, Club Country by the Associates. If you uh, if you don't really want to watch Ashes to Ashes, that's fine. But I encourage you to Do check Do you get out, points if people watch it? I mean, if you like- Oh yeah, part you, of the, the Solar were producer Detroit of it? Points Club. No, they, it's just- it, it's such you make money if we watch it? it it's <laughs> it. such a period-specific series, and it has tons of music in it. And uh, it's sort of a crash course in new wave hits and some obscura- so if you don't feel like watching Ashes to Ashes but you want to learn about what was really cool in the early 80s, uh, check out their playlists. And if you have one you'd like us to play, send us a note at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. Believe it or not, we do have a phone line. It's, it's, it's notable only for its lack of use, but you can call us and leave us a message <laughs> at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. We would love to hear from you, your suggestions for great new wave hits that only you know about or some obscure stuff like the associates who have a interesting story and an interesting yeah. sound yeah. that you want to introduce to the whole world. I, I have to tell you, I'm not sure that I love the associates. I hear some of what they're doing is kind of, kind of cool. And I see some things in here. Where I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's kind of, I see where that's going. And then there's some, where I'm like, yeah, I think I'm probably not going to put them in heavy rotation, but, um, but who am I? I'm no Bono. Okay. Mm-hmm. And neither is he. He's Paul Hewson. So that's the way it goes. Um, we uh, we appreciate your support of the show. The best way to do it is to advertise with us. It's much cheaper than you think. It's much cheaper than we'd like. But uh, shoot us a message and we'll tell you exactly how cheap it is. That's mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. You can also donate to the show, Mark. I'm going to ask you to tell people how to donate because people forgot.
4: Yeah, that message isn't getting across. Is that what you're across? Is that what you're saying? Uh, MLSoulofDetroit.com. dot All those letters in a row. MLSoulofDetroit.com. And then right at the top, there's a little donate button. Is that easy? Super easy. Wow.
2: Okay. Very simple. Damn. Well, we uh, we did not. Score on Giving Tuesday, but Killer Cares did setting a new fundraising record of a hundred mm-hmm. and twenty-two thousand dollars, and we know that they only hit that new plateau because of our listeners and uh, and people with big hearts. So thank you for supporting. Noackey
4: was out there. Luke Noackey was out there. Oh yeah,
2: he's yeah, wherever there's a guy. good cause, he's, he's there. there. Yeah, he's he's like the Tom Jode of good causes. <laughs> I know Sean knows Tom Jode, but um. <laughs> We'd appreciate if you'd subscribe to the show, if you would share the show, and if you would rate the show. We don't really have any ratings this week. We don't really have much feedback, positive or negative. I don't know if Uh-oh, people are still are still tripping on the trip to Fenn. But Jim writes that he is concerned about a recent article asking the question, when in-demand talent can work from anywhere, what will happen to Michigan? And uh, I don't know what that answer is. I'm I'm casting a wide job search, and I'm hoping that whatever... Whatever, uh, whatever gig I line up, it will not be based in Michigan, but hopefully they'll let me stay in Michigan because I'm not going anywhere. But Dan Gilbert just bought Cadillac Tower. So clearly the man who seems to see the future uh, feels confident that there will still be demand for office space in our central business district because that is a big ass building.
4: So is that what Jim's saying? If you can work from anywhere, why would anybody live in Michigan?
2: Yeah, exactly.
4: There's a lot of things. I think we'd actually get more people because of the lakes yeah i think michigan's a wonderful state there's a lot of stuff to do it's just right now it sucks because the weather sucks
1: yeah i I wonder if
2: jim is really means what's going to happen downtown
4: well there's that too
2: because that was booming and now everybody's working from home and even if i do find another job uh, i'm sure there won't be an office downtown i'm sure i'll be working from my house so um
4: so we'll see could be worse could be in a basement
2: uh actually my basement's still recovering from the flood but yes i could be trapped in this basement every day like like mr <laughs> fellhauer
4: uh, willingly trapped
2: yes it's um it's like Stockholm syndrome it's, it's like being married to drew um that's weird and creepy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, ways. god. So, um, so as I continue to cast about looking for my next job, Sean has his own uh, new g- side gig, the Carlson Sean podcast. What's going on with the Carlson Sean podcast?
1: Oh, we have the great Mick McCabe on our next uh,
4: episode. What's up with Mick?
1: He'll just son sit. of Swami. Yeah, he will. Uh, he's got a book that's out. Uh, I think the the golden years, fifty years of stories and tales and all the dream teams in high school. Uh, football and i think basketball and hmm. maybe girls basketball i have to clarify that a little bit but yeah you know he's been on the high school beat that long just about yeah wow
2: yeah, he's been covering high school sports since i think this some of these, late 60s, these kids grandparents yeah. were playing yeah when they were on the team yeah, Talking about the
1: evolution of a sport man. so yeah no he's uh he's seen it all he's got good stories he'll come on and he'll insult us and do what he does <laughs> oh, I mean, and, uh,
2: a man after my own home. are you gonna but fight,
1: with carlos? No no no, gonna fight with carlos no 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 i'm not gonna fight with carlos No, so yeah there we go we might have to talk actual hockey because the wings are kind of you know not too bad right and entertaining mm-hmm. at the very least
2: yeah the rookies don't 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 bet against eisman if he says somebody's gonna be good that's where you put your money um and i after we leave here today we'll be stopping by uh a nearby home to pick up a snake pole whatever the hell that is that my travel companion in Costa Rica has asked me to bring because uh, he said- What is it?
4: What is a snake pole? I don't know, but To ward off
2: snakes, right? He said- uh, Well, I
4: would assume, but how does it work?
2: This apparently has something to do with herpetology, which I don't hope doesn't mean he has herpes. I think it means he studies snakes or something like
4: that. Oh, it's one of those. It's a grabber. It's like the long, like yeah, a selfie stick right. with a grabber. Perhaps. Okay.
2: But I think. Well, that's
4: what Google told me.
2: I think we'll be telling you a little bit more about that as we dial in from Costa Rica where I'll be riding motorcycles for the next week or so. When are you going
4: down? When are you going to be gone? When are you going down? When are you coming back?
2: Thursday, but I'll still have people in my house who don't steal shit. I'll well, that's leave. not why I was asking. Oh, sorry.
4: Okay. You're leaving in two days.
2: In two days. And, and where do you, you go? And how long are you gone? Uh, eight or nine days. Okay.
1: So you won't be here next week.
2: I will be dialing in from Costa Rica, as I just said a minute ago Oh.
4: I'm sure that internet's going to be awesome. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> you 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 don't trust our connections and our friends? Well, that sounds so like a great trip. No,
1: I trust Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a great That's trip. Figure out the other
2: part of that equation. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just have to we'll have to find some Wi-Fi. <laughs> so we may be talking about snake poles and whatnot on the next episode of ML Soul of Detroit. That's cool. That's going to be a fun trip, man. I hope so. I'm uh, a
4: little I need, envious. I need,
2: I need to get out of town. So You just were. Yeah, but this is... You know this is this is like out of town. I yeah, but mean, I've been I,
4: in a basement six days a week for the last two years.
2: We need to we need to work on getting you out a little bit more, son. You got oh, that moon. Trend.
4: January tenth.
2: What's January tenth in Indianapolis? Oh, okay, okay.
4: If they can beat Georgia, yeah. What do you mean if when? Okay, I ain't scared of Georgia. Are you scared yeah. of Georgia?
2: There you go. You were scared of <laughs> Iowa, and they they they, I they really, fell. I
4: wasn't really scared.
2: Forty-eight of Iowa. to three, or 42 to three. Shit, man. What, what did Uncle ML tell you? No offense for Iowa. You no, guys should none. truck them. Yeah, Zero, yeah. You did. So um, so there you go. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for something to keep you entertained, in the meantime, the other Red Shovel Network shows, uh, you know, they can help kill some time. That's Charlie the Duff's No BS News Hour. And, of course, the Drew and Mike podcast, the show that makes all these others possible. Don't blame them. It just happened. So, uh, So thanks for listening. And we will be back next week. In the meantime. We'll be chilling with our man, Cyrus, as soon as he takes us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
0: I don't think you realize what an impact you've had on podcasting. You've been our greatest ambassador. And I just want to say for all of these people out here, we really appreciate all the things that you've done for us. and wish you the very best in your retirement. is have